to the MCV podcast. I'm executive director of MCV, Aaron Murphy, and I am joined by our political director, Jake Brown, and deputy director, Whitney Taney. Uh, we are coming at you for our inaugural podcast from our home offices, uh, working in the snow on a beautiful April afternoon. Uh, we're excited to begin this inaugural podcast. And before I get too far along, uh, I'd love to introduce first, again, Whitney Tani, our Deputy Director at MCV. Whitney, you're coming at us from Bozeman. I am. I'm from Bozeman and I have a wild two-year-old who is running around. So I apologize in advance if he makes an appearance. <laughs> no problem. We are used to that in this uh, era of working from home. And political director Jake Brown coming at us from Helena. Jake, you holding up? Yep, I am uh, hanging in there. Uh, I feel very snowed in right now. It kind of has a little bit of the shining vibe, um, but I'm doing pretty good, Murph. Would love, Jake, if you could talk a little bit about your role at MCV as political director uh, for folks who may not be aware of what our organization does through you. Yeah, thanks. Um, so as political director, I kind of am the MCV staffer who's responsible for thinking about elections and thinking about how MCV engages with said elections. So uh, every day I'm kind of tracking how many more days until November. Uh, I get to basically sift through the hundreds of candidates that run for office every year, um, figure out which ones are going to represent our values and um, figure out how we can get them endorsed and then kind of figure out what we can do to support them once we've endorsed. Love the work you do, Jake, and uh, we have a lot of work to do. So appreciate you taking a little bit of time for this segment of the podcast. Just so you all know, we will be joined in a few minutes by EJ Porth. EJ is the Associate Director of the Gallatin Valley Land Trust and will be talking with us about recreation in an era of social distancing and staying at home. Clearly, it is something that we can still enjoy being residents of the Big Sky State, but clearly there are some limits involved. Anyway, we look forward to hearing from EJ momentarily, but first, want to cover a couple of news items because despite uh, the intensity of the news of the last week involving the COVID-19 pandemic and the economy and the shared anxiety that uh, we are all um, watching day to day with, with how this unfolds. There's other news out there affecting Montana's environment, infecting the environment of the entire country and the world. And we think it's important to make sure that those do not fall through the cracks as we uh, deal with this pandemic together. So I'd like to start off this segment by getting into some pretty recent news about a letter that several U.S. senators sent this week, it was on March 30th, uh, to Interior Secretary David Bernhardt to suspend or reduce federal royalty payments for oil, gas, and coal production on federal lands. This letter um, was signed by a dozen senators, notably Senator Steve Daines of Montana. This is an interesting letter because um, though they are citing economic concerns uh, for the oil and gas and coal industries, there are some pretty big ramifications here. And one of them is the Land and Water Conservation Fund, which Whitney, MCV's deputy director, has been tracking pretty closely over the past few months. So I would say that why this letter is super significant for Montanans um, who care about the outdoors is that 
LWCF has been funded by offshore oil and gas royalties, not taxpayer dollars, um, providing hundreds of millions of dollars to our state. In fact, uh, Montana has enjoyed $600 million that have come in to protect public lands and create fishing access sites, etc. Um, and why this is significant for Senator Daines to sign on to is because he has been um, placing himself as the champion of LWCF in the Senate um, to move the ball forward for full and dedicated funding, which is $900 million. Now, it seems pretty counter to also send a letter at the same time that you're advocating for full funding to say, oh, don't worry about those royal payments, because guess what? If we don't have royalty payments, then we do not have the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Thanks, Whitney. And and uh, just so uh, folks have it, we will post a copy of the letter signed by Senator Daines and others um, to our website and in the link below if you're watching this on YouTube. But we encourage folks to read it for yourself uh, because this is a, a pretty significant development. And um, we'll also be tracking if Secretary David Bernhardt of the Interior Department uh, follows up on this letter. So it is something that we are watching closely. I have not seen this anywhere in the news today. In fact, the only story that I saw about Senator Daines was about him uh, eating noodles for lunch, which um, is uh, concerning in this day and age. So another uh, development we're, we're following closely, um, which I did see a headline or two about, but it's worth exploring just a little bit, is uh, TC Energy. This is the Canadian company formerly known as TransCanada, proceeding with development of the Keystone XL pipeline, which of course uh, is a 1,200-mile pipeline, many miles of which cut through a big section of northeastern Montana and very notably right outside of the boundaries of the Fort Peck Reservation. So um, this is something that we at MCV have been following for a long time. It's also worth noting that as of this recording, the price of a barrel of oil is only $20.31. That's a, a podcast of its own at some point down the road, but I would make the argument that with oil that low, building a pipeline now is clearly uh, uh, concerning and should be concerning, um, especially because uh, of the health crisis that we find ourselves in. Uh, I want to read a little quote here from the president of TC Energy, uh, Russ Gerling, who said that construction will advance only after every consideration for health and safety of our people, their families, and I want to emphasize this, and those in the surrounding communities have been taken into account. Well, given this era of um, social distancing, that is something that I think needs a lot more detail before anybody proceeds. Clearly, uh, as we are stuck in our homes and can really only go out to do essential work, we are questioning this decision to move forward in a very quick way on the Keystone XL pipeline in northeastern Montana. Um, I would also note here that um, uh, MCV was planning uh, a pretty large scale operation to visit these communities with a team of on the ground folks who would be talking with people at their doorsteps um, and telling the story of the impacts of the Keystone XL pipeline. I am sad to say that that is um, coming down because we can no longer visit with people face to face given the threat of COVID-19. So we're asking anybody who's listening to make your voices heard. Make sure that if there is an opportunity to uh, express concern about the development of Keystone XL, that you can exercise that concern. And we will do our part to make sure that you have means to do so. One other thing that MCV did just this week, we joined up with several organizations, some conservation organizations, uh, and also the Fort Peck Assiniboine and Sioux tribes in Fort Peck, 
to send a letter to the Montana Department of Environmental Quality. And I will summarize this as best as I can. But uh, one thing that I learned and was surprised by is that the section of the KXL pipeline that cuts through Montana proposes to cross almost 200 waterways. So we're talking rivers and streams, including the Missouri River, right outside uh, Fort Peck. And um, in order to cross a river, they need certification from the state of Montana. And TC Energy on March 6th submitted applications to get those crossings certified. Montana DEQ hasn't gotten back to them. And so we sent a letter saying, hold on a second, the information that uh, TC Energy gave to the state of Montana was insufficient. It does not give us the assurances that we need that these river crossings are safe and efficient and effective, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A lot more questions than answers. So we're trying to get those, but uh, we'll put a copy of that letter uh, on our website as well. Um, and all of this is rather concerning because, again, just in the past few days, as we've been dealing with this crisis, we've been dealing with the coming development of KXL pipeline with this letter from the senators. Uh, just this week, President Trump decided to roll back mileage efficiency standards that were put into place to fight climate change. And just a few days before that, the Environmental Protection Agency announced that it would uh, basically suspend monitoring pollution of air and water. All of these enormous things are happening before our eyes and they're happening in what many of us consider to be a vacuum. And so it's, again, our job to make sure that folks understand what is happening out there and can respond to it. When the Trump administration did announce its mileage efficiency rollback. Uh, we said all Montanans should be concerned that our government is sneaking through these rollbacks using a global health crisis as an excuse, which is not only ironic, but it's wrong. And so again, we are urging all of our members of MCV, anybody who's listening to this podcast, remind your elected leaders that the White House doesn't have license to take us backwards with more harmful health decisions as we fight a pandemic. Jake Brown, political director, I'd like to toss it over to you um, because we did get some encouraging news regarding uh, Montana's upcoming primary election and uh, would love for you to share some news about that. Yeah. So uh, first of all, thanks, Murph, for the question. Um, recently, Governor Bullock announced that local counties in the wake of sort of COVID-19, that local counties had the option to do vote by mail elections. And as you might guess, I'm a huge nerd for voting, so I'm extremely excited about this recent decision. Uh, a couple of important facts. Um, even though Governor Bullock allowed counties to do all mail ballot elections, that still means that counties will have the option to do in-person voting as well. Um, so that means if you live in a county that decides to go all mail ballot election, um, you can still show up in person, uh, vote at the polls, um, and so that's really exciting because we're just going to give counties and voters more options to, at the end of the day, get their um, ballot cast in a way that's safe, in a way that makes sure that they're not going to expose themselves in a risky way to COVID-19. So it's sort of a win-win from a um, voting rights perspective and also a public health perspective. Um, a couple of other things that were mentioned in the directive that Governor Bullock's office released release that I think are um, kind of cool is one that jumped out to me is that actually voters are not required to pay postage when mailing their ballot. Um, I think that's a really, really smart move just because I know, especially college students, first time voters who 
uh, might be voting by mail for the first time. Um, I mean, who has a stamp just with them all the time? And so I think that's a really, really great way to make sure that um, first time mail voters um, won't be sort of dissuaded from actually getting their ballot cast. Um, one other important piece of information is that uh, this directive actually really does a lot to, I think, um, make sure that Indian country, that their voices will be heard in the upcoming primary election. Uh, in Montana, because our state is so big and because our um, tribal tribal reservations can cover so much so much space, we often have what are called satellite polling locations. Uh, these are polling locations that are sort of uh, that sprout up in different communities that basically reduce the time a voter has to get in the car and actually drive to cast their ballot, um, which can be a really really big problem in Indian country. So this directive establishes that those satellite polling locations must be held in Indian country, which is a really really big win. And also the Montana Secretary of State, who uh, sort of governs our elections, also has federal funding uh, available to make sure that um, the state can actually pay for those satellite polling locations. So that's going to be a really, really important piece for Indian country and in making sure that they can get their votes cast um, this June 2nd on our primary. Any other questions, Murph? I love this directive. I hope it's clear that I just love, like I'm an absentee voter, so I'm really, really excited about this. One uh, sort of personal hope I have is that uh, as other people, this will be some people's first time ever voting by mail. And my hope is that they realize how easy it is, how convenient it is, and then just sign up to vote by mail forever afterwards. But Jake, isn't it right that if you are a nerd like me and you like to go and get your sticker, you can still go vote in person? Yes, that's absolutely correct. Um, so counties, counties that ch choose to do the uh, absentee elections, they're, they're still going to have polling locations. You can still go down and vote in person. You can still go get your sticker. Um, I think this directive, what it really does is just give Montana voters uh, more options to vote. And at the end of the day, I think that's just going to make us all safer. And um, it's, all, it's just going to increase how many people vote in Montana, which is also a win. We are excited to have our first guest on our inaugural podcast. Uh, E.J. Porth is the Associate Director of the Gallatin Valley Land Trust based in Bozeman. Hello, E.J. Hi. It's a pleasure having you, and we appreciate you taking a little bit of time from your home office to join us. Um, first of all, I'd like to introduce folks uh, to who you are and uh, what you guys do at GVLT, because I think that'll lead us into, um, I think, a pretty interesting conversation about how to get outside during this pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. So the Gallatin Valley Land Trust has been around since 1990, and our mission is really just to protect the great quality of life that we enjoy here in the Gallatin Valley, um, our access to the outdoors and our beautiful open landscape. We do that through the creation and enhancement of the Main Street to Mountains Trail System, which is now uh, 80 plus miles in and around Bozeman. We also conserve private land with our valley's farmers and ranchers to protect great agricultural soil and wildlife habitat. So one of the things that we are following pretty closely in a state like Montana, where uh, that habitat you speak of is, is such an important part of our way of life, um, marrying that with a new directive from Governor Bullock to stay at home. Um, but he did qualify that. And I'd like to play a clip of, of Governor Bullock from March 26th. 
Montanans may leave their homes for outdoor activity as long as they comply with social distancing requirements. We really are so lucky to live in a state where we have ample opportunities to access our public lands that remain open to recreation. But I'd urge Montanans to use good judgment if a trailhead seems too crowded and then just find another access point. So the governor is talking about using good judgment. What exactly does that mean? Absolutely. Uh, we've been thinking a lot about that. And I will echo what the governor said in that we are so fortunate here in Montana to have places where we can spend time outside. Um, we know there's lots of research that suggests that being outside is going to be good, not only for our mental health, but our physical health as well. And during these times when things are really scary and we're all really worried, um, the outdoors is absolutely something we should use. However, um, we, while we do have a, certainly a big state and we can keep, keep our distance in some of our more crowded areas, it's important to remember that just because you're outside doesn't mean you are, um, you know, safe from all of this. We need to add some precautions to our routine to make sure that we're not only keeping ourselves safe, but the people that are using the trails with us. So some of the things that we've been talking about are social distancing on the trails. Um, so when you come across someone giving them the space, stepping off to the side. Um, there is a lot of trail etiquette out there that will tell you to not get off the trail or to not use muddy trails. Right now, um, this kind of public health and safety is more important than anything. So we, we say it's totally okay right now to, to step off to the side of the trail and give someone that six feet of space that they need to stay safe. Um, you know, going in, in very small groups, maybe just the people you live with in your home, maybe meet one person out there, but in, make sure not to carpool. Um, when you meet at the trailhead, you know, not loitering around your car and just hitting the trail right away and keep keeping moving. Um, we're asking people to be really mindful about their impact on these public lands. So um, the more we are leaving our dog waste there or our trash, the more our parks and recreation staff are having to get out there and empty them. So pack out your trash. Um, be mindful of using the backcountry and doing things that might might be cause an injury because we want our first responders to really be focusing on the COVID response rather than rescuing someone from the backcountry who might have been going a little too far. Um, we've been thinking a lot also about where to send people. And, you know, I know we're all creatures of habit. I'm sure people listening, you can all think of that trail that you go to all the time. That's your routine. Uh, but we're noticing that Montanans, of course, are getting outside and they are putting a lot of pressure on a, on a, a select group of trails, um, kind of defeating the purpose of spreading out and, and having social distancing. So we're telling people to break their routine a little bit and use this as an opportunity to explore new trails, um, not too far out of town, but you know, you have time to take a drive, you're working from home or you're, you're on leave. And um, this is a great time to maybe try something you've never been to before. And similarly, we're really fortunate, at least in Bozeman, and I know in many other communities in the state, to have pretty great trails right in our neighborhoods. And now is also a good time to just sort of stick close to home and, and use those trails really regularly. Uh, we are telling people that they should absolutely continue to smile and greet people outside. This is something that Montanans are so, 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 so good at. And uh, we think that now more than ever, a smile or a wave or even just a how are you from a stranger? You know, we don't want you to linger around for a conversation, but um, it might make people feel 
really good when people are feeling really isolated at home to uh, get that good old Montana wave or smile from from someone on the trail. EJ, can you tell us about what is open and what isn't? The uh, short answer is that it's changing very rapidly. But as of right now, um, the the national parks are closed in Montana. Um, you know, in Bozeman, Highlight Canyon is a really popular place to go. That road is closed right now, just part of their annual closure. Um, you can still ski or bike or or walk up the road to get to Highlight Canyon. Um, the Forest Service trails are open. Uh, the facilities are not. So the cabins, the um, rest air, restrooms and things like that are closed. Uh, the state parks are in a similar situation. The facilities and sort of those high touch surfaces are going to be shut down, but the parks themselves remain open at this time. The city of Bozeman has all of their trails open and their parks, uh, but they have decided to close their playgrounds and all of their facilities that might have some of those high touch surfaces. Um, so, you know, it, 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 like I said, it's changing and we, we've seen in other states, governors have had to, or, or local officials have had to shut down some of the outdoor recreation because people weren't practicing this social distancing. Maybe they were parking and hanging out in, in parking lots um, so what we really hope people do is show these agencies that we can do this responsibly and that we can we can use the outdoors safely during this time. Certainly don't want to take it for granted um, that we have all this access and, and we certainly don't want to lose it. So that is the status right now. EJ, we appreciate your time and uh, correct. Taking uh, all of what we enjoy for granted is uh, certainly not something that we would ever do. So thank you for reminding us of that. Um, and thanks for being part of um, our show. Uh, we appreciate your time. And where can folks find you online? Yeah, you can find us online at gvlt.org. Um, our social media on Facebook and Instagram, we're trying to keep very current on closures and best practices and being safe. So that's another place to keep in touch. And we're just so grateful that you're helping us spread this message. Um, the outdoors are really important to all of us in Montana. We know that's something that we all have in common. And I think now more than ever, we understand the value of what we have here and are just really grateful for other organizations and people who, who protect what we have, steward our amazing outdoor spaces, and provide us places where we can recharge and comfort ourselves when things are hard. So thank you so much. and. Um, Stay in touch. Thank you, EJ. That's EJ Porth, Associate Director of the Gallatin Valley Land Trust. This is the point in the podcast where we'd like to remind all listeners and members of Montana Conservation Voters that the most important tool we have in our toolkit is you. And we are encouraging folks to take action. There's a lot to be concerned about in the world right now. We, again, are a resource to be able to provide that uh, for folks who want it. And with that, I'll turn it back over to MCV's Deputy Director, Whitney Taney, for a couple of ways to uh, get involved and stay involved. Thanks, Murph. So I think what's exciting um, in this new era is that it is also giving us an opportunity to double down and figure out how to continue to talk to you. So one of the things that we are doing is that uh, the Climate Solutions Council here in Montana is soliciting public comment, and they just extended the deadline until the 24th of this month, so April. And the reason why this is important is that this is the first time in Montana's history that we have made a goal of having a carbon-free future. 
So the Montana Climate Solutions Council has now drafted a plan to get after that goal. And what we're doing is we are supporting them in that effort, but also calling out a few things that we really need to see in order for us to make this a possibility. So one of those things is a statewide energy efficiency standard. Another is strengthening our renewable portfolio standard. Another piece is incentivizing, enhancing the use of electric vehicles, and of course, accelerating our land conservation to remove carbon from our atmosphere. So basically, you can hit up any of our social media handles or go to our website to take action. Um, But please sign on. We're doing a petition. The idea is that we will then deliver this to the Montana Climate Solutions Council as one letter. Another thing that we're doing that we're really excited about is a YouTube Earth Day project. Um, And we are doing that because Earth Day events were planned across the state, hundreds of them, in fact. Now that they're canceled because of this pandemic, the MCV Education Fund is now teaming up with the Ford Montana Foundation to virtually promote youth action on climate and public land protection. What we are asking is for high school age students. Or if you know a high school age student, to let them know. But we want to encourage people to make 10 to 15 second videos on their phones, selfie style. Doesn't have to be high quality. And then they are just going to email them to mcv at mtvoters.org by Monday, April 20th. And then we're going to splice it all together into a real snappy YouTube-hosted video and share that with our decision makers so that decision makers know that these are still important issues that are in the front of people's minds, regardless if they are um, doing it from their couch. So I've liked to call this some couch conservation um, and hope that folks take this time um, to make sure that their voices are being heard and we're going to keep giving you opportunities to do that um, without having to worry about being in person. So Whitney, you mentioned uh, finding us on social media. Where exactly can we go? So before the pandemic, we'd been upping our game on social media um, to help conservation voters get connected with information. And now we are double downing on that even further um, with our Facebook, which is at MTVoters, our Instagram also at MTVoters, and Twitter also at MTVoters. So we'd love for you to like and share Um, and start to follow these handles because that is first and foremost how we're going to be communicating with you. Great. Thanks, Whitney. And uh, to everybody else listening, again, uh, our email address is mcv at mtvoters.org. That is an address that pipes into all of us. We'd love to hear any tips or ideas, feedback you might have. And while I'm at it, I will also plug another link. Uh, This is an important one for us mtvoters.org slash donate. Of course, this work uh, we do, we, we do because we love and are passionate about it, um, but it is not free work. And uh, anything that you send our way goes to good use so that we can fight this fight um, in the best and most efficient way we can. And it means a lot to us. So thank you for your support. Please consider giving what you can. Again, mtvoters.org slash donate. And I'm Aaron Murphy with Whitney, Tani, and Jake Brown at Montana Conservation Voters. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back very soon um, with our second episode.